Welcome to the Arena Church podcast. We hope you enjoy the message. And what it means to us in our lives. Many people around the world at the moment have been gathering to celebrate switching on of Christmas lights. Put your hand up if you went to one. I know there is an Ilkeston one. We've got lovely lights here. We've, this was a surprise to us this morning. Somebody's been in. The fairies have been in. Put our trees up for us. It's a good job because I said I don't know how I'm going to do it. <laughs> um, but it just makes everything look beautiful, doesn't it? When the lights come on, all the colours, all the beauty. And it just makes it such a festive atmosphere. And it's, it's a custom and a tradition that started many years ago. But as Christians, for many of us, it reminds us of the source of light, Jesus, who is the light of the world. In John 18, uh, 12, it says, Jesus spoke to the people once more. He said, I am the light of the world. If you follow me, you won't have to walk in darkness because you will have the light that leads to life. When we accept Jesus as saviour, we also, his light is switched on in us, isn't it? Just like when we switch lights on. His light illuminates our way so that we can find our way into all the things that God has given and has for us. So today we're going to look at this gift of light, which is available to all of us. There's three elements of his gift that I want to look at. The first one is that his light reveals and exposes. His light awakens and guides us, and his light dispels the darkness. So my first point, light reveals and exposes. In Psalm 90, verse 8, it describes, light describes God's knowledge of our sins. It says, you have set our sins in front of you. You have put our secret sins in the light of your presence. And Paul tells us in 1 Corinthians 4, verse 5, that God shines light on men's hearts and he brings light to what's hidden in the dark and he reveals people's motives. Now, light is a gift. It doesn't always feel like a gift, does it, when things are revealed in us and when things come to the surface. But the light always reveals what's hidden. And when the light comes on things, all the different shadows become revealed. Things that are hidden are exposed. All the details come to the surface. They become visible and apparent. And that's why it says when things come to the light, it's when they're discovered, isn't it? So the light illuminates and shows up and puts a spotlight sometimes on things in our hearts and minds, things that are sinful, thoughts and actions that separate us from the Father. And it's only when we see Jesus and we accept his light and let it enter into our hearts that everything, we see everything that needs to change hidden motives, character flaws, they all hide under the shadows. The more we allow the light of his presence to come in, the more things are exposed. Now, God doesn't expose things for just to expose things, to embarrass us or to make us feel shame. It's because he loves us and he wants those things to be changed. He doesn't want any hurt. Sometimes it's hurts, sometimes it's pains. But he doesn't want any of that to stay with us because it, it, it doesn't make us free and he wants us to be free. 
So it's not always comfortable, is it, when the light reveals? But we must remember always that it's for our good. It's not accusational, because that's the enemy's job, isn't it? But it's to lead us into healing, to set us free and to make us whole. I don't know about you, but I'm glad that God doesn't deal with everything at once. Otherwise, I don't think we'd manage, would we? We don't have to go digging for things either. Because when the Holy Spirit reveals things, that's when we need to respond. It's the right time. I think when I first got saved, you think, why didn't you sort all that out then? Because we're not ready, are we? The Holy Spirit knows when we are ready to deal with different things. It's about responding and being obedient to the Holy Spirit. So when we become aware of these things, we have four choices that I want us to look at, four responses. Uh, so first of all, we can run away and hide, try and hide, because we don't really want to face up to things, or it's too painful. Or two, we, could, we can reason and justify some of the things that we're feeling because we don't want to change, or we think we've got every right to feel that way. Or three, we might recover, try to recover our reputation because we don't want others to think bad of us. We want to just put things right. Or we, four, which is the best response, we can repent and be made clean because we know that God loves us and he wants to put things right so that we can please him. So when we run away and try to hide, sometimes we like to ignore things I know I do, I have done over the years, push feelings down, avoid facing up to what's, what the light reveals. It's a bit uncomfortable. It's not easy to accept sometimes that we're selfish, is it? Or jealous, or we covet things that other people have got. Or even that we have, we don't believe God. All these things, and none of us are exempt, all these things just put a barrier between us and God. And he wants, he doesn't want any barrier. He wants that free way so that we can hear him and we can see him and we can follow him. So in Genesis 3, 8, verse, uh, verse sorry, Genesis chapter 3, verses 8 to 10, in the New King James Version, it says, And they heard the sound of the Lord walking in the garden, talking about Adam and Eve, in the cool of the day. And Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God among the trees of the garden. Then the Lord God called to Adam and said to him, Where are you? So he said, I heard your voice in the garden, and I was afraid because I was naked, and I hid myself. And just like when Adam and Eve couldn't hide from God in the garden, we can't hide from God either. He sees everything. He knows everything. But if we, if we admit our sin or things that hurt us and give it to him, we can trust his faithfulness because he loves us with an everlasting love despite our sinful ways. So remember in our nakedness and our sinful ways, Jesus clothes us with his robes of righteousness and he makes us right again with God every time. Or secondly, we can reason and justify. I don't know about you, but sometimes you think, well, it's, it's their fault. If they hadn't done that, I wouldn't feel this way. And we sometimes think we've got every right to feel the way we do or behave the way we want. 
because we've been treated or influenced by others. And yes, Jesus does understand how we feel when people hurt us or when we hurt others. And he feels our pain and he's ready to make us whole again, but there is no excuses really for sin, is there? Or for the wrong response. We, have, we get to choose how we respond. And the only way to deal with it, there's only one way to deal with it, and that's to repent and receive his forgiveness. That's the only way we get free or healed from anything. And in Ephesians 2, 8 to 9, it tells us that you, you were saved by faith in God who treats us much better than we deserve. This is God's gift to you and not anything that you've done on your own. So like Andy said this morning, we can't earn it. We don't deserve it. It isn't something that you've earned. So there's nothing that you can brag about. It is best not to try and defend our actions, I've found, or our beliefs, but just to have faith in Jesus who covers us. He covers our sins and he restores us to right relationship with the Father. The third one, sometimes we like to just recover our reputation. Sometimes we're sorry, aren't we, but not always repentant. We just do enough to restore our standing before others. We mask over things, put a plaster on it, and then we move on. So our sins, or whatever it is, is forgotten, but it's not forgiven. And it doesn't do us any good, does it? because it's still there deep down. And the Bible calls this whitewash. And over time, it will come back to the surface until we take courage and are willing to deal with the right, real issues and give it all to Jesus. It's not enough to be suited and booted on the outside. God looks on the inside, doesn't he? And he wants our hearts to be clean. He wants our hearts to be free. In Luke 16, verse 15, it says, Jesus told them, you're always talking to the Pharisees here, you're always making yourself look good. And it's important, our appearance is important, but God sees what's in your heart. The things that most people think are important are worthless as far as God is concerned. He's really interested in our hearts being whole. is really interested in how we feel on the inside. And if we hold things, then we'll never feel whole or free in him. Or finally, we can repent and be made clean. This is the best response. We admit and confess our sins and weaknesses and we find freedom and forgiveness. Repentance is not a one-off event. It needs to be a daily rhythm it's a cycle, isn't it? You know, we, we, when, we, when we first meet Jesus, we repent and we turn away from our sins and we find his freedom and forgiveness. But it doesn't stop there. It, it carries on. We need to get used to being in a repentant cycle because that's the only time. As soon as we ask God to forgive us for anything, we are cleansed and we are made righteous again in Christ. So let's get into that cycle. Let's make it part of our daily rhythm and not be afraid of repentance. It's not something we need to be afraid of. It's something that brings us closer to Jesus. In 1 John 1, 9 to 10, in the New Living Translation, it says, if we confess our sins to him, 
He is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all wickedness. If we claim to, we have not sinned, we are calling God a liar and showing that his word has no place in our hearts. So we know from God's word that without repentance, there's no salvation. And without light, there's no awareness of sin. So Jesus, the light, illuminates what is in our hearts. And it doesn't allow sin to remain hidden. Because like we said earlier, hidden sins can become like a cancerous root inside if it's left unchecked. And it spreads and it gives birth to death rather than the life that Jesus came to bring. So each one of these responses can become a cycle. The best one is the repentance cycle. But we can get stuck in any of those cycles and we can become trapped. Um, it doesn't give us freedom. Only repentance gives us freedom. So we can get trapped in guilt and shame. Not, not what God wants us to do. Not what he came to die for. He came so that we could receive forgiveness from him and our slates can be wiped clean every day and he renders us free not just free but free indeed the word says so his light is a gift even though it, sometimes it doesn't feel that way because it leads us to Jesus and it reveals things in us that need to be changed so that we can be more like him The second point, light awakens and guides. So walking around in the dark sometimes is a bit tricky, isn't it? We're more likely to trip over and to bump into things, like stubbing our toe, like David found out this morning. He's been helping me because I've had, I'm lying on my back all night with my arm. Um, I have to get up quite early. So he came down to help me sort myself out this morning and then stubbed his toe on the table. Now, it's always funny to other people that it's not funny to you when you do it because it really hurts, doesn't it? Um, but without the light, we didn't want to put all the lights on because it was quite early. It's difficult, isn't it? You can't find your bearings. But when the light turns on, we can find our bearing. It enables us to see and move around more safely. Just like in the natural world, when his light switches on, the Holy Spirit guides us spiritually to find our way and direct us to living in ways that pleases the Lord. He guides us in life and he puts us on the path to holiness, something we can't do on our own. But we are made, being made holy as we walk step by step with him in the light. In Psalm 56, 13, in the New Living Translation, we read, For you have rescued me from death. You have kept my feet from slipping. So now I can walk in your presence, O God, in your life-giving light. And in Psalm 119, verse 105, it's the longest psalm, it says, Truth's shining light guides me in choices and decisions. The revelation of your word makes my path clear. So his light guides us, and it helps us to follow his commands. Helps us to discern, doesn't it, what the truth from the light, because sometimes it's not always obvious. That's why we need discernment. Um, it's, you know, lies, sometimes truth is mixed in with lies. And we don't have to be in the dark, as they say, about any situation we face in our lives. Because his light, his revelation light, is available to us all. His light enlightens us. 
Uh, we only need to ask him for wisdom. It says that in the word. And his light will bring clarity when we're making decisions, important decisions, and help us to make decisions that are aligned with his will. So your life is not by chance, is it? Our lives are not by chance. Um, he's got a plan for each one of us and a purpose that's mapped out. And we need his revelation light to help us walk on that path. Otherwise, we just choose our own way, even though we love God. In contrast, when the light shines on those who are sleeping, it can startle and irritate you, can't it? Who's been woken up by the light? Especially if they've not had enough sleep, and probably most of us have had the experience of trying to wake up a sleepy teenager for school with the light. It doesn't always go down well. Uh, we've got, across the road from where we live, we have... Um, the, the, the guy who lives across the road has got like one of those wake-up lights you know, like for, for burglars on his garage. So every time a, dr a car drives past or somebody walks a dog, the light comes on and it lights up the whole street. So strong, the bedroom is lit up like, I don't know, Blackpool illuminations. So sometimes when the light comes on, we're awake even when we don't want to be awake. In Isaiah 52, verse 1 and 2, it says, Wake up, wake up. O Zion, clothe yourself with strength. Put on your beautiful clothes, O holy city of Jerusalem. For unclean and godless people will not enter your gates no longer. Rise up from the dust, O Jerusalem. Sit in a place of honour. Remove the chains of slavery from your neck, O captive daughter of Zion. And in this passage... Isaiah is speaking about Zion. He's prophesying to the church in gospel times. That's us. The latter day glory is imploring us to wake up, to clothe ourselves with Christ's strength, to rouse ourselves and not settle for things in our dark world, but stand out and oppose them. Not in our own strength, but by knowing his word and that Jesus has already won the battle. He's got the victory. We just have to know our authority in him. And not to settle for just doing church, turning up, coming to church, but to be the church that reflects the holiness of God. And wherever we are, like David said, I think Andy said as well, you know, go to, speak to your pe the people around you in your workplaces um, and your neighbourhood. And if we're honest, it's not, it's not the way most of us want to be woke up, is it? But sometimes we get a bit spiritually comfortable in our own little worlds. That God has to startle us sometimes and wake us up to what's going on around us. Otherwise, we're just oblivious. You see, when God brings us into his marvellous light, his purpose is to bring you, his light, is for you to bring his light into situations by reflecting the nature of Jesus. We are to be his light bearers to those around us. And when light is brought into a dark room, it changes atmospheres and it brings life to dead things. We are those light bearers. We carry Jesus, the light of the world within us. <clears throat> and in John 4, uh, verse 34 and 35, we read, um, then Jesus explained, my nourishment comes from doing the will of God who sent me and from finishing his work. <clears throat> Excuse me. You know the saying, four months between planting and harvest, but I say, wake up and look around. 
the fields are already ripe for harvest. God has no plan B. He chose you and me to carry his light into the world. As we read in 1 Peter 2.9 in the Passion Translation, it says, but you are God's chosen treasure, priests who are kings, a spiritual nation set apart as God's devoted ones. He called you out of darkness to experience his marvelous light. And now he claims you as his very own. He did this so that you would, be, you would broadcast his glorious wonders throughout the world. Can I challenge us today to look around our worlds, our workplaces, our neighborhoods, the people we just come across, and to see where we can broadcast, as it says in that passage, his glory, his goodness to others. So secondly, his light is a gift because it leads us and guides us into the will and purposes of God. And my last point, light dispels darkness. In John 1, 4 and 5, in the Passion Translation, it says, light came into being because of him. His, light, his life is light for all humanity. And this living expression is a light that bursts through gloom. The light and darkness could not, the light that darkness could not diminish. <clears throat> the kingdom of darkness is built on lies of the enemy and it's based on shadows emulating everywhere that is everything that is anti-God. Light always invol involves the removal of darkness in the unfolding of biblical history and theology. Light always contrasts darkness and darkness is not equal to the power of God's light. God is the absolute sovereign and rules over the darkness. But the moment the light shines, the shadows dissolve because that is who Jesus is. His presence destroys the works of the devil. And in 1 John 3, in the Amplified Version, it says, for the devil has sinned and violated God's law from the beginning. The Son of God appeared for, his pur for this purpose, to destroy the works of the devil. So Jesus is our Lord. And when we make him Lord of our lives, we can walk in this revelation light. We can stand in this authority that he has over darkness. We read in Psalm 27, the Lord is my revelation light to guide me along the way. He is the source of my salvation to defend my every day. I fear no one. I'll never turn back and run to, from you. Lord, surround me and protect me. When evil ones comes to destroy me, they will be ones who turn back. They will be the ones who turn back. So when we walk in his light, we're ushered into a sphere that dispels darkness. We have nothing to fear because he is our defense. We have all the authority. He's got all the authority and he gives it to us. He protects us and, and causes us, the enemy, to flee. We can expect God to deliver us uh, from evil and keep us safe, as the psalm says, from darkness that surrounds us and tries to invade our lives, sometimes through trials or hardships or sickness or depression or any affliction that seeks to take our joy and diminish our faith in him. We can trust him uh, to carry us through these things. We really can live as more than conquerors when we have his light within us. We don't just get through trials, we triumph through trials. 
and we triumph over all because he triumphs over all. And in John 12, 30, uh, verse 35 and 36 in the Amplified, it says, Jesus said to them, the light is among you only a little while longer. Walk while you have the light, keep on living by it so that darkness will not overtake you. He who walks in the darkness does not know where he is going. He is drifting aimlessly. While you have the light, believe and trust in the light. Have faith in it and hold on to it. Rely on it so that you may become sons of light, being filled with light as followers of God. Jesus said these things and then he left and he hid himself from them. He's talking to um, the disciples. So let, let us determine to live as sons and daughters of light, being filled with light for all to see as we follow the one who is the light of the world this Christmas. So in conclusion, what will help us to have joy and carry this light? This light is a gift because it leads us to Jesus and reveals things in us that need to be changed so we can be more like him. That's our goal, isn't it? His light is a gift because it leads us into the will and purposes of God. We want to follow him. And his light is a gift because it protects and delivers us from darkness and enables us to live as his children of light. So as we pray.